everybody, you did one hell of a job. And the only thing else I got to say is, how about them Cowboys? Yeah! It's Talking Boys with the Boys. What's up, Cowboys Familia? This is Talking Boys with the Boys, but this time we are doing another episode of Talking Boys with the Girls. I am one, the only Jess Navarez, a.k.a. Jess. I think it was no messing around with me on Twitter, but I'm not too sure. And I'm joined here with two wonderful, wonderful ladies and co-hosts for the night uh, or day, depending when you're listening to this. So ladies, go ahead and introduce yourselves. What's up, everybody? My name is Ruth, a.k.a. Ruth the Truth, and I'm coming from Tampa, Florida to show you that Cowboys love. What's up, everybody? My name is Ashley, a.k.a. Ace. I'm his bodyguard. How y'all doing? Ooh, I love it, ladies, bringing the heat very early on. Thank you so much for joining us today. And before we get started, uh, I do want to talk about some unfortunate and very heartbreaking breaking news uh, real quick and just, you know, give our thoughts and prayers to the Madden family. So the NFL did announce the unexpected passing of John Madden uh, earlier today, depending on when you're listening to this, they announced it on Tuesday. Uh, Roger Goodell, of course, said that nobody loved football more than coach, and he was football. So thoughts and prayers going out to the Madden family, his friends, his loved one, uh, loved ones, I should say, and the entire uh, NFL, just sports. This is a huge loss in sports in itself. So I uh, just wanted to uh, give that breaking news to you all and send our thoughts and love. And so um, going back to the podcast episode of Talking Boys with the Girls, let's start with the elephant in the room. Ladies, how are we feeling after that butt whooping that the Cowboys gave the Washington football team, or as I like to say, the no-name team, because they don't even have a name yet. What is your name? I told you it doesn't matter what your name is. The Rock just wants to know, what is your name? It doesn't matter what your name is. (laughs) How is it that uh, you came up with the name Coach? Well, actually, when I was a little kid, it was a nickname. It doesn't matter how you came up with the name Coach. And The Rock sees you took the time to make a little sign that says something about Hunter. What does your sign say anyway? It doesn't matter what your sign says! (laughs) (laughs) And it's kind of embarrassing. Every time I I see a Washington fan, I like to tease them and be like, so what is your name going to be? Is it the Red Hawks? Like, have you guys figured that out yet? Like, what's going on now? It's been about a season. Is it coming (laughs) around anytime soon? But it's always awesome to tease those those football fans. Uh, I was actually at the football uh what was it the fedex field mm-hmm. um in washington to why they were hosting the cowboys and i was excited that we put that butt whooping on them last night that we should have put on them originally how we let them come back in the second half was kind of like what the heck so i'm glad that we got the a 50 burger on the washington football team Oof, it tastes even better when it's against uh, a division rival right absolutely, absolutely. Well, ladies, let's go ahead and start. Ruth, the truth, my girl, give me your recap against the obvious win, victory, if we will, against the Washington football team. And I want to hear your three key, as Mike McCarthy would say, mojo moments of the game. Let's hear it, girl. What do you have for us? 
So obviously we get to give a shout out to Dan Quinn and that defensive squad that put in that work, only allowing the Washington football team to put up two touchdowns. So I'm so grateful for that. It's such a change from the year before. But one of my mojo moments got to be the Demarcus Lawrence pick six. That man coming back from injury, how, how he's battled throughout the season, having back surgery in previous seasons, people doubting him, putting you know dirt on his name. I was so happy to see him excel with his defense, with his backups. Micah, Micah Parsons obviously gets a mojo moment as well because anytime that guy is playing defense, he's putting the pressure on those quarterbacks, and he's making those quarterbacks' job a lot harder than it should be. So those two are my mojo moments, including Demarcus Lawrence's pick six as well. And just I just got to give a shout-out overall to the defense because it's just incredible – the change that they've had from, from 2020. And I'm glad that we went from like the ranked 29th defense in the NFL to number one. It feels good. So just shout out to the Cowboys organization and the changes that they need to make to have all these mojo moments that we've seen this season. Absolutely. Ace, girl, let me hear. I know you have thoughts. What I have a lot of, uh, girl, I have a lot of thoughts. And one thing <laughs> is, is that what I saw was a historic moment for Dallas. Mm -hmm. The last time they ever put up 50 points was in week 13, 1980 in a wow. regular season. Yep. And the, actually it's also been marked the third time ever the team has scored 56 plus points. And that amazes me. And not to mention he threw four touchdowns, Prescott threw four touchdowns with a wide receiver, tight end, running back and an offensive lineman. He's the only second quarterback in the NFL history to hit all four of those positions. Definitely. Just that, incredible stuff. It was absolutely amazing. Uh, one of the biggest things, uh, mojo moments. I think one of the biggest things is all three phases. I saw all three phases going after it. That's the defense. That's the special teams. That's the offense. All three phases went after it. And that was one of the biggest things that I see when you going into playoffs you need all three phases going mm -hmm. at it on the top. And not only that, I do love Tank D, and I love that pick six, and I had that on my list. Ruth, you got me there. But I got to say, Randy Gregory setting that tone for that, for that sack yep. on Heineke once again and making that rollover to make sure he's okay. I mean, it was funny. It was funny. Oh, it was great. It, it was, was great. great. No, it's it all was Randy Gregory. It's definitely in great great points there um you know you you both mentioned it. it it felt like this team clicked again and it looked like the team that we've been waiting to see like this is the team that we've known has been there and it looked like we finally got to see just a little taste because I think there was still some some moments where you know we needed work however um, I'm not going to discredit everything they did. Obviously, this is a historic win, like you said. Um, and, you know, I had tweeted this during the game that the highest blowout in NFL history was in 1966 uh, against the Chiefs and the Broncos. The final score 56 to 10. The wow. Cowboys are there. I mean, they're mm -hmm. breaking records. They're shattering records. And anyone who does not see them as a serious threat going into the playoffs, well, don't talk to them because they don't know football. But, um, you know, I, I think one major mojo moment for me to finally see was Zeke was back. Zeke looked healthier than we have seen him in a hot minute. And anytime that man is getting the ball and touching the ball more than what we've seen, what, four times a game, he makes things happen. And, and it's just that chemistry between Zeke and Dak 
carrying, you know, that offense and everybody looked like they were at the top of the game again. I mean, just those catches that by CD and Amari Cooper, he said he wanted the ball. My mojo moment was first pass on the offense to, from uh, Dak to Coop. He said he wanted the ball and look what happens when, when Coop gets that ball. Uh, another mojo moment. I'm going to give to my guy, Terrence Steele. Hello. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, since when do we get to see a big man touchdown like that from our offense? You just love to love to see that. Um, and it was just a great game, a fun game overall uh, for Cowboys fans everywhere to really watch. So I think there was a lot of mojo moments. Uh, but, you know, seeing Dak finally come into his own, he was running a little bit more. I think as much as that scares me a little bit, uh, at times it's what he needs to do going into the postseason as well. So on the opposite side of that, ladies, I want to hear your three oh-no moments of the game. And, you know, this could really be anything. I'm going to leave this open-ended. Well, I'm going to follow through with what you just mentioned. Anytime that I see Dak Prescott dash from the line of scrimmage, my heart starts to panic. I am still not (laughs) over last year's injury in New York. I just couldn't get over that moment. So anytime I see the man rush, I'm just like, why? So many weapons all around you. You're surrounded. Use them. Like, let's not use your body. You're worth (laughs) a lot of money, Dak Prescott. So that is is one of my oh no moments for sure. (laughs) But I mean, it's it's hard to have these oh no no moments when you're putting up 56 points Mm -hmm. in a game. So I'm just going to evaporate this moment right now, enjoy it. And just kind of say, go Cowboys. Let's go. I love that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Honestly, like you said with Dak, that is a little bit scary. But at the same time, when at the time the receivers weren't clicking with Dak because either it was a route issue or a throw issue, one thing you have to realize is that there were so many times he had that wide open that he needed to go for it no matter what, even if he saw someone coming at him slide early. That's the best thing that you can possibly do. But I'm glad that he finally took that next step forward to actually move and know that he can move and not be scared of wanting to move. And that was a big thing. But one of my biggest oh no's was a Schultz taking that huge hit. Oof. Yeah. That that right there, he knew he was going to take a big hit. Mm Mm-hmm. Where Dak was throwing, it was perfectly thrown, but he knew that that big hit was coming because it reminds me of a few plays that a few plays that I've seen outside of NFL where this has happened and people get crushed completely. And yeah. honestly, I'm actually just glad that Schultz is okay and he got back out there. And that that just shows how much strength a lot of these players do have. Yeah. Definitely. That was scary. And, and I think um, it, it's scary when, when you're watching, at, you know, football or any sport, really, you forget how much these players are putting their bodies on the line, you Absolutely. know, for, for the sport. And so that was a big reminder of anything can happen at any moment. And so uh, definitely, definitely an oh no moment as well. Um, I will say, I'm going to switch tones a little bit here with my oh no moment. Uh, one of them, at least. Uh, those disgusting benches. I never want to see those in AT&T <laughs> Stadium ever again. Like, I'm sorry. That was such a pick-me moment by the Washington football team. Like, just why? I mean, look. I know why. I don't want to talk down, but shout out to uh, Dan Snyder. You need to invest in some new benches in yeah. your stadium because they are all peeling apart and uh, oh. they need some maintenance. 
not even that. No, they have the piss coming from the rooms and ceilings and stuff. What, what are you doing? <laughs> Get it yeah. fixed. It, Ain't nobody want to sit at a football game and all of a sudden piss is pouring out. It's it's definitely a rough stadium to be in. But the good news, ladies, is they have a new bench. I mean, they can take their ugly bench that did not fit in in our stadium back home and they can have a nice heated bench because, um, you know, we had they... 80 degree weather in Dallas that day. <laughs> yes. But if they needed to be warmer, that's fine. That's what I'm saying. Them. Isn't Dude, it a dome? Thing, like... I was just at AT&T Stadium and I'm pretty, I'm 100% sure it's a covered stadium. Like, it, yeah. No, what you is... can open up the ceiling. Yeah. You can, but he didn't. But Jerry nothing. didn't open up the ceiling, and so I'm like, I'm sitting there like heated benches. I was like, you realize you're in Texas and it's 80 degree weather. <laughs> you're sweating more on the bench than you are on the field. Yep, definitely. I mean, that was my biggest oh no moment. Was why? I mean, just shows you the Washington football team for what they truly are. But I'm so glad Karma came back and said, "Here you go, Cowboys. Here is your 50 burger for having to look at these ugly benches all day because just disgusting." Um, and you know, really, my own moments come for the Washington football team. I feel bad. They had uh, players fighting on the sideline while they weren't fighting for the game. So players that used to be uh, teammates. Yeah, in so, college. In yeah. college. So that that history go way back. You know that yeah. they brought something up from like freshman year in college like oh you remember that time that you kissed my girlfriend like it was that type of thing <laughs> you could tell like you could tell yeah. I, I i was re i was reading their lips a lot because the camera was doing a great job zooming oh. in on that moment i was uh, trying to but once and i'm like the reading punch. their lips yeah it was definitely over a girl for sure well, <laughs> yeah but i i tried i tried reading those lips but once i saw that punch i was like Ooh. oh oh keep going not fired but then at the same time at the same time, I'm looking at it and I'm like, I'm laughing. But at the same time, I was like, this is an embarrassment. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. in this coat and Ron Rivera is not doing anything about it. Yep. No one's doing anything about it. Only their coach was their assistant coach was doing something about it. Just trying yeah. to break them up. But other than that, like, how embarrassing do you feel? Yeah. I think at that? that moment, I honestly think at that moment, they were getting so frustrated that they were getting the ball ran on them so easily. Yeah. And I think it was just causing friction on that whole defensive side of the ball because they just couldn't get it together. They, it, we couldn't be stopped. Well, didn't yeah. one of them sit down for the rest of the game and didn't play? Because I swear he was on the bench the whole time. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure the coach probably told him to sit out. Either well, that or he, he decided to sit on himself. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, you can't, you can't do that. Like, you're getting you paid. Can't. You're, you're there to do a job. You can't just, right. like, after the first half just decide player. that you're going to sit out. Like, that's almost as bad – as that one player, man, I can't remember his name now, that retired decided to retire while they were in the locker room in halftime. That was uh you guys remember that? Yes. Oh, oh. I, I was, I was that Angela? Was that Detroit? I think it was like one of the defensive linemen for Detroit. But anyway, it doesn't matter. But like that's it's just Ooh. as bad as that. Like I think yeah. the big thing for me is it tells you where the state of that team is right now. It tells right. you mentally where they are, it tells you that they're frustrated seeing their team you know, crumble, if you will, because it was embarrassing. I mean, and that was our defense last season. Like yeah, we didn't mm -hmm. see them physically yeah. put their hands on one another, but you yeah. could see the obvious frustration, which was yeah. good. Cause I don't want to see you smiling and taunting and like doing all that. Like we we're at the bottom of the bottom right now. It's time to pick yourselves up so we can't, yeah. but yeah, Washington sideline, get yourself together. Well, I believe it's got a lot to do with the ownership as well with Dan Snyder. It I all really truly down. do. Yep. I think uh, it's it's going to be very telling for Washington as a franchise 
um, to see how they pick themselves back up. Obviously, uh, you know, Dallas did not have uh, players punching each other on the sideline last season, but you could see that distance and the separation between teammates. Um, it was very obvious, and they weren't playing for each other like they are this season. But it'll be interesting to see uh, what what they do. It, it's, it's embarrassing for them. And uh, let me just say, hashtag can't relate. Sorry, not sorry. Um, <laughs> so my next question, um, I'm, I'm glad we're talking about the defense, and this makes it a very smooth transition. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about the defense and the difference we have seen between last season's dumpster fire of a defense and this season's just – work of art like the Mona Lisa of football defenses right um there's one big difference maker and and yes you can talk about players and and all that but I'm talking about what Dan Quinn has come in to do absolutely with this team right so um and and then you could say you know towards the beginning of the season you have the opposite end where Kellen Moore everyone was very on board with Kellen Moore uh, a little bit lately not so much but my question to you ladies is if you had to keep either Kellen Moore or Dan Quinn because keep in mind they are already getting interviews or, you know, getting reached out to for head coaching positions. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you had to pick one to keep, which one would you keep and why? <laughs> uh, I mean, I it's, it's so hard because obviously Kellen Moore, the offensive guru or what you people would want to call him or what he could eventually turn into. Cause at 33 years old, you have a long road ahead of you and you're pretty genius for your age, for your age group and what you've been able to do with Dak and and supporting cast but the way Dan Quinn handled that sideline in New Orleans when Mike McCarthy was out with COVID that yeah. proved to me that not only does he know what he's doing obviously with the head coaching position that he had in Atlanta even though things didn't turn out the way that he wanted and he obviously left on bad terms whatever I just think the way he handled the whole sideline, the way he handled the time clock, the way he handled his players, the way the players really seemed like they were bought into him as a person, not only his coaching abilities, but him as a person, that speaks volume to me. And I know it does to Jerry as well. So if yeah. Mike McCarthy were to, you know, maybe we decide to say, bon voyage, thanks for your time here. I think Dan Quinn would be the next one to step up. You know what? Um like I go with Ruth on this, protect backwards hat Dan Quinn at all costs. <laughs> you know in that hat's on backwards. Yes. We know you know he means business. He straight right. business when that hat's on backwards. <laughs> but um I just think with Dan, he's just more of experience because he has been a head coach for the Falcons. Yes, he left on bad terms, but he developed this defense his way, the way he yep. wanted it. And he can do whatever he wants with Micah Parsons because Micah Parsons is just a freak, straight freak. Beast. Just, he has made a very huge, tremendous turnaround with this defense. Mm-hmm. Night and now, day. Night, yes, like yep. night and day, correct. And I do love Kellen. I do. He has great experience, but I think that the only thing that he is attached to is Dak. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah. you know, because the wide receivers have their coach, mm-hmm. you know, but I don't think they're really as close to Kellen as Dak and Kellen are. So whenever I see it, I'm like, Dan Quinn is with everyone on his defense. And I really do think that you can let go of Kellen and be okay because you can you can always bring in someone else that is just as experienced or even more experienced. Honestly, with the footwork, give me John Kitna. 
with that footwork. Ooh, Keep his ooh, footwork back in place. Yes. John Kenna came in and tremendously changed Dak's footwork. And I wanted to state that way because you've noticed from time to time this year, you know, because of his injuries, his footwork has not been on point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, totally agree, and, and yeah. uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say the same thing. I don't want to lose either one. Uh, I don't think any of us do, especially seeing right. how the season is going. But mm-hmm. if we had to pick, I'm going Dan Quinn, and and I think it's just such an obvious choice because you see what he has done to this defense. I mean, it is just almost a miracle that we get to enjoy our defense as much as we do this season. Because when Mike Nolan was the defensive coordinator, oh my goodness, I just didn't know I didn't know how to react to some of these games it was it was hard to watch it was like just so painful as a Cowboys fan to see the defense at at just that torn apart you know and the talent was there clearly the talent was there it was just the scheme that wasn't working for them but um you know with Dan Quinn what I love about Dan Quinn is the camaraderie and I'm real big you know if if you've heard me talk about this a million times in, in any of the podcasts but I'm real big on what happens in the locker room. Um, It's one thing to go out on the field and perform. Yes, that's great. And we'd love to see that. But look at those videos of him in the locker room after the win and him yelling and, you know, and just being so part of the team. And and that is not something that you get with just any kind of coach. No. Um, I, I don't know how anybody would sit there and think it's a choice at this point. And, and Kellen Moore is great. And yes, he is he is so good at what he does when he's, when he's, you know, calling his best plays. But I also think that there are more experienced um, offensive coordinators. And and I think there's, there's other options if, if you needed one. Right. So I think Dan Quinn is irreplaceable to this franchise. I think he finally found a home in Dallas. And I really hope that, that he feels that way and, and decides to stay uh, after the season and it's it's hard to say that he would leave after seeing how how these guys are after his first season it is mind-blowing this is his first season and this yeah. is what he's accomplished so imagine I've had I had very had uh high hopes for Dan Quinn when he came into our system I really felt like he would know if he could just bring an ounce of what they had in Seattle with the weapons that we had I felt yeah. like he could make miracles happens he literally turned lemonades to lemon like that's what all that we needed we needed that extra push I know the Mike Nolan hire was a lot on Mike McCarthy and his past relationship with Nolan but it just wasn't working out and I give kudos to Mike McCarthy for pulling the trigger having to do what people don't want to do and fire one of their friends and not take it personally and move on to Dan Quinn I think that was a huge uh upgrade for us and like my uh Micah Parsons has said Dan Quinn is like a, a goofy uncle. So yeah. it's obvious that he connects with these young players. And that's what we want to see when it comes to that long term. And I, you know, Kellen Moore has done a fantastic job. And I really think right now he's probably like living his quarterback fantasies through Dak. Because <laughs> yes. he was a quarterback while he was in uh, Boise University. So I, I think that's kind of why he has that instant connection with Dak. And hey, run with it, help Dak succeed. But if it ever came down to, Kellen or Dan, the obvious choice is going to be Mr. Quinn. Absolutely. Totally totally agree. And so my next question to you, ladies, is, you know, the Cowboys are officially playoff bound. And just after last season, doesn't that feel so dang good? It feels so good. It does. No. They got a lot to prove. They do. do. They've got quite a bit to prove. 
And I'm so glad you ladies brought that up because my next question to you is when it comes to offense or defense, who do you think gives us the best shot at a deep playoff run? I got you have to pick one. This is gonna be this is pretty easy. Uh, go for it. Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, from what I witnessed being here in Tampa and being up center covering the Buccaneers, I saw, I mean, obviously I knew this from previous experiences, but I saw firsthand front row what defenses can do for a team. It all comes down to, when it comes to the game of the NFL, it all comes down to, obviously, who puts up the most points. But if you're going tit for tat with offenses, it's going to be determined by whose defenses can cause turnovers, who can score points on turnovers, and that is what is going to win championships. That's going to go. That's what's going to project you into a long playoff run. And, yes, I'm happy about the Dallas Cowboys clinched the NFC East, but, I mean, if you look at the East – it's still the least. So it's not that big of, big of an accomplishment. So yes, I'm giving them their kudos. I'll give them their, their applause, but NFC championship are bust for me. And I think yep. the only way that's going to happen is if this defense keeps playing the way they are. Yep. Yep. I have to agree. I am a defense girl all the way. My problem is it's a run game because so not this past Sunday, but a couple of Sundays ago, Neil and Vanderish as linebackers were doing great job. Like they were, they were doing great. And I loved it. Vanders was actually making plays. Well, then this past Sunday, they were having a little bit of trouble. And I was sitting there kind of like, okay, we got to figure this out with Neil and Vanders because we know Micah is going to be inside. He's going to go outside. He'll be linebacker. He, he, he can go anywhere. Okay. So with Neil and Vanders, they both need to seal the deal when it comes to those, you know, those slot throws and when it comes to the run, because if you don't make that tackle, then the next person up has to come and take over your tackle, which, Mm -hmm. you know, that's one thing that's always been just huge for me is these linebackers have got to step up. And I'm only talking about those two. I am not talking about Micah. Micah, he's stepping up already. We already know this. Yep. Um, I just think that they need to play more aggressively, but I do think that when it comes two defenses defenses win games they do because if you can hold to the offense as low as points as you possibly can and you turn around your offense scores and you keep doing what you're doing that defense is going to push you further into the playoffs than your offense yeah absolutely i agree to add on to that vander esch comment because i agree with you 100 percent, but i really don't think he ever came back the same after that neck injury that he sustained in week week one i really think that he's he holds back a lot and it kind of sucks because i don't want to put him in that jalen smith category but it's sad that he's been pushed into that corner and kind of shamed off and people are saying if it comes down to it we need to get rid of vander esch because he's not being helpful for us, but it, yeah. it, well, it seems they didn't pick know. up this fifth year option. So he's yeah. not going to be with us because Jabril Cox will be back really will be okay. in the linebacker, you know, area um, yeah, once right. Cox comes back, um, except for Neil just needs to clean up a little bit and he would be good to go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just to add to the uh, Vander Esch comment here and in, in that conversation, um, I'm real big on going back to this one specific moment in Hard Knocks when Micah was saying, I want to make a play every play. And he's like, no, that's that's not the mentality. Like, that mentality doesn't fit with the defense we have now. Um, and, and I just I, – I don't want to say he doesn't want it because obviously he does. You know, what, what 
NFL player does not want to be in the position that the Cowboys defensive players are in right now, but I just don't feel like his, his mentality is the same from his rookie season. And uh, I, I think again, it, I, it could come back to that injury and he's holding himself back, but um, no, I, I think he has stepped up more and I think he looks better than he has, but nothing will compare to that rookie season Vanderesh and, and um, what we had seen there. And so him and Jalen both together. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, I really do think that they both worked very well. Yeah. But now he is, like you said, he's back. He's got yeah. his back to the wall and he's looking like another Jalen. And unfortunately, Vanderish, wherever you go, I hope that whatever luck. scheme it is, best of luck to you and it works yep. out for you and pray and hope that you don't get any more neck injuries. Definitely. And so <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to say, uh, I agree with y'all and y'all covered, you know, basically all of the points, but uh, on top of that, you know, so I'll agree defense is going to push us and keep pushing us because they have for the whole month of December. I mean, you look at what our offense has accomplished compared to the defense and it's not even comparable. And, you know, it was even mentioned by Dak multiple times, you know, the defense is doing the work right now. We need to catch up to them. And the so, defense is kicking our ass. Yeah. Defense <laughs> is carrying the team on their back. I mean, Micah Parsons must be exhausted from carrying uh, the defense and the offense on his back. Like, <laughs> a glass of water, please. Um, but, you know, I, I'm going to agree. I will say, though, that the offense finally looked like they clicked um, during Washington, Washington's blowout, if you will. So I do. Man, have- when they played, when they played the Philadelphia Eagles and they put up 40 points, that was looking lovely to me in the beginning of the season. Yeah. And then that yeah. kind of like, I don't know where it went. Like people got hurt, COVID happened, and then it kind of just dissipated for a little bit, but it seems like it's resurfaced. So I hope it sticks around. Well, well also, I- well, what I was going to say is Dak actually spent some more time with his receivers and the timing and mm-hmm. the routes uh, mm-hmm. this last week yeah. um, before the Washington game. And I think that's why they were clicking because they spent more time together. So yeah. if you're going to do that, you do that every week. Yep. Every week, so you know that it, <laughs> it clicks every Watch time. Watch film together. I love that. I love that. Like that's, that's what Brady did. So when when the Buccaneers were in their bye week, uh, after they had like back to back losses, they got crushed by the Chiefs, and then they went into their bye week. Tom Brady had a sleepover with like most of the offensive players, which included Mike Evans, Antonio Brown, all of them, and then they came back and won ten straight, including a Super Bowl. So. I don't know, you know something about sleeping in the same house or something. I don't well, I mean, Dak does have do. like a what a forty yard field in his backyard. Absolutely, yes, he did, and he put so, that there for a reason. So he better be using it. Yeah, do some work. Well, do some I work. Love that. love that. Love that. But you know, we're talking about Tom Brady. You know, one of the undeniable football greats. But this leads me to my next question. Who poses the biggest threat to us in the playoffs and why? And uh, I think there's one obvious answer, but I'm curious to see what you ladies have to say. Uh, Man, this one's tough. I obviously do not want to see the Buccaneers in the first round. But I would be saying – but I will say with the injuries that they have stacked up in this last couple weeks with Mike Evans uh, being hurt and now he's on the COVID list with – Chris Godwin out for the season with Levante David out for the season. Maybe seeing the Bucks in the first round wouldn't be so bad because they're not in their best form like they were in week one when we faced them. Um, but obviously the thorn on my side that is just 
it always kills me is Mr. Aaron Rodgers. Yep. I cannot stand the Green Bay Packers. Mm. They crushed my soul when they <laughs> blew <laughs> Dak off in the Cowboys with that last minute throw. We'll still not get over that. When it was a catch. Um, yeah. I I got into well, a really was, that was I Romo got, and Dez. That was I mean, just the trauma that's that's there with we're talking about Green Bay and, and right. as a Cowboys fan. There's oh, it just builds there. up. It builds up like throughout the years. It just yep. keeps getting worse and worse. I would want to <laughs> say I want to stay the heck away from Green Bay. Yep. Uh I would love for somebody else to knock them off. I want I want it to be uh a you know, a Brady and Dak uh, NFC championship game. So Oof, I don't want to see Green Bay in the playoffs. I'd rather not. They're they're getting together. All of their pieces seem to be clicking. Aaron Rodgers is a bad man, and I don't want none of that sauce. <laughs> I don't think anyone wants any of that sauce. I mean, I mean, I'll put it this way: I, I I choose Green Bay. I don't I don't want to see them because of so much that has happened. The la- like it doesn't matter how much time is left. You get that ball back to him. He gonna make a play. He gonna make mm-hmm. a play some way, some because his clock management in his own mind, it just it plays out well for him. And I don't get it. I've never understood it. And I'm just like, I don't want to see that man at all. Mm-hmm. Um, love him. He's a great guy. Great, great mm-hmm. quarterback. Don't want to see him. I've had yeah. too much. We've had too much drama with the whole Romo <laughs> does no catch, yeah, and then they come back a year later and like, oh, yeah. it was catch, and it's like. Oh my gosh, like too late because you know they changed the rule on that, the Calvin Johnson rule. No, yeah. totally agree. And and that uh that reminds me of a video I watched of David Hellman. He he posted it on Twitter. Um yeah, and he's talking about how he uh he he's being optimistic, right? And so it, it kind of changed my perspective of yeah, we don't want to go see the Packers at any point during the playoffs. We don't want to see that. As Cowboys fans, I think we're just automatically programmed to not want to see that. But what I really liked about his post and, and his point was that he said, you know, in in all these years, and, you know, I'm only 26, so it's literally been my entire life, uh, that <laughs> that there, there has not been a Cowboys team that I don't worry about. Because even you go back to the 2014, 2016, 2018 seasons, there was something in me that was like, ah, uh, I don't know. Like, they're good, but I don't think they're going to make it far. There was, it was just like that seed of realistic doubt because of the Packers. And, you know, it wasn't until this season that I'm honestly looking at it. And, yes, Aaron Rodgers, pain in the butt. We, as Cowboys fans, we're just – genetically programmed to to be afraid because of all the drama and past stuff that has happened but I really really think that if the defense keeps going on the up and up like they've been and they play very much so like we've seen them play for the entire month of December and you know how they have built up to this point if they continue that I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to be as good as people want to think he can look during playoff season. And, and you so might be on to something there, Jess. That's mm-hmm. a big that's, statement. It's a big statement, but just remember what refs are going to be entitled in those games. Right. I was about to say, I, mm. girl, you, the word, you knew what the point I was going with this. Mm. It's not a team that I'm afraid of going into the postseason. It's the damn refs. Like, <laughs> NFL officiating. Thank protect you, Aaron Rodgers at all costs. Protect Tom oh. Brady at all costs. But don't yes. protect nobody else in the league. 
you know, they're they're the ones that I worry about going into postseason. So to me, it's not really a specific team. It's not really a specific player. I think Aaron Rodgers, yes, he he poses the biggest threat. Obviously, mm-hmm. Tom Brady. I mean, obvious it's Tom Brady, obviously. But I, I think when it comes to playing good football, there needs to be more consistency with what officiating is doing, what the rules are. Like there needs to be better reviewing Mm -hmm. of what you're calling a catch, what you're not, what's PI, what's not. I mean, there's so many things. So you look at this Washington game that we had and it was almost smooth sailing. I mean, there were penalties that I was like, okay, I agree with, with all of those, you know, but then you go back to the Thanksgiving Raiders game and it's like, Oh, oh. my God, we're going oh, on seven hours of football here. And this is like brutal. Like, it was yeah. a lot. That game was a long yes. game and it was nothing but they won't be a part of, I don't think there's any way that that crew, I think that's yeah. the lowest graded crew. I don't, I don't think they will be a part of any playoff games because that literally drained me i was that drained was ruined oh, my rough. thanksgiving oh, me too oh yeah me too. oh it ruined everyone's thanksgiving i went to but, bed but <laughs> i will say um what what a storybook ending for the dallas cowboys if they do have to face the packers and they beat them i mean wouldn't it feel 10 times that would feel so good but point? i'd rather you know are we allowed to cry to that point are we allowed to cry are we allowed to cry if that happens, I'm bawling. I'm not wearing any mascara that day. I mean, I'm just saying, is Cowboys fans were programmed to say, oh, Aaron Rodgers, he's so yeah. scary. But look at what our team has done so far. Look at this defense. This is a very special team, and I really don't think that Aaron Rodgers can pose as much of a threat as we're thinking and we're used to against this defense. You don't understand the chip that is on that man's shoulders. Like, you have no idea. Like, Aaron Rodgers is out for blood. So give he me is. the Rams, give you give me yeah. Matthew Stafford, <laughs> give me Kyler Murray, give me anybody else but that man. Oh, I, well, I and I think it had a lot is. to do with the whole COVID situation. And and then of course not having weapons that he had to make him into weapons and mm-hmm. you know, and then they they went on into the draft and dropped a quarterback without him even knowing that the, that was going to happen and Lots him sitting drama. out just, so, yeah, so much drama built up that that man literally does have a chip on his shoulders. It's, it, it's gotten scary, but at the yeah. same time, I look at our defense and I'm like, if our defense stays what they're doing now, yep. Aaron Rodgers will not be able to keep up with them. That's mm-hmm. what I'm saying. Yeah. I, I don't want to see Aaron Rodgers. I want to make that very clear. I don't no, want to no. see him. If we mm-hmm. can avoid it, I love that for us. But if we absolutely get to that point, I love that for us even more if we can win. And God, would that just feel so amazing. Oh, yeah. my. what a storybook ending. And if it comes to that point, I hope CeeDee Lamb, our, our very own 88, has the final catch of the night uh, to win that game. Just a little redemption moment for them. The X, I'd be a little happy with that. Um, that that would be a hell of a redemption moment. Right, right. But you know what? Let's. Let's move on to a little bit something else because, you know, we're getting a little nostalgic here with past seasons. But I specifically want to talk about this season. Can you two ladies give me two of your favorite moments or plays so far of the 2021 season? This can be any moment uh, that we've seen. And there's been a lot to see. So two of your favorites so far that come to your mind. Um, I'm going to have to think about this one. So go ahead with your two moments. <laughs> okay, Um. cool. I'm going to start with... Um, let's, let's start with Randy Gregory's story because Randy Gregory came into the season with a lot of doubters 
a lot of people that didn't think he was going to be as great as he has been this season. Um, I think he has really outdone everybody's expectations. And not only that, but he brings so much joy and camaraderie to that defense. I mean, the laying on the field with Heineke. You can't make that was amazing. Bye-bye. I mean, God, he has me dying every week. It's like, I cannot wait. Bing bong. I love Randy Gregory. <laughs> Bing bong. <You> know? Bing <laughs> bong. <laughs> I, I love Randy Gregory, and I love that he gets this redemption moment and this redemption season where he's really grown into a leader. So to watch that play out for him, I really am excited for him, and I'm just so happy that he gets this season and he gets to enjoy it. So that's one of mine. Uh, you know what? One. And oh. one thing about Randy Gregory is I absolutely love his smile. When he mm-hmm. smiles, absolutely. I I hope he truly knows that he literally lights up my day yep. when he smiles when he's yep. playing. Yep. Because of all the rough things that he's gone through, I was rooting for him, yep. and he because he yeah. was fighting it, and just to see him smile now, it makes my day. He's happy. He's genuinely happy. Yes. He, you can see it. He's he's come to his own and he's become such a staple to our defense and he deserves every bit of that. So for me, that has been one of my favorite moments so far. And uh, the, the, the next one, I should say, is going to be our one, our only national treasure, Aiden Diggs. Yes. Because yes. He has made... He has become a Dallas Cowboys staple since Hard Knocks. I mean, this little boy is a gem. He's Do you see that Mahomes is trying to recruit him? <laughs> uh, you know what? Mahomes can go back. Stay on. away, Mahomes. Stay away. Hey, but boy, but that's my homie, not your homie. Yeah, but he homie. did. He did. You know, remember when Dak walked in, he thought that it was Patrick Mahomes. He didn't He's know so that it was cute. Dak. But being four years old, I mean, you can you can love multiple QBs you can. in the league. I and mean, when your dad is Trayvon Diggs, absolutely, because some of those quarterbacks treat him like a receiver anyway. So good for Aiden. Good for yes. Aiden. <laughs> yes. uh, you know, but I, I really love. Uh, what the franchise has done with Aiden Diggs since. I mean, uh, there was tweets, I I believe, last week talking about how people were going up to him during the games and and saying, oh, can we take pictures? And he's like, I just want to watch the game. Like, this (laughs) makes my day. And you saw him in the suite during the Washington game. I just love those outside things. And it's so special that he gets to see his dad have such a historic season. So to me... Aiden Diggs, a national treasure, protect him at all costs. Oh my goodness, I would give that kid my left arm if I had to. He is just Aww. Aww. I really, they want him really in the booth. Did you I hear about that? They the want him in the booth. I'm like, get him they in the booth. Him on that show with, the booth. Um, they should put him on that show with uh Nate Barrett. He's doing like um not Nate Barrett, what's his name? He's doing that show on Nickelodeon with the he's doing like yeah. an NFL show yes. on Nickelodeon. Yes. Um, but it only shows on it only shows like clips and stuff. It doesn't yeah. show like actual games, which I could see Nickelodeon doing that. But at the same time, like these these commentators want him in the booth. These people he's, want him around everywhere. Yeah. He's just such a little a little gem, and um, very much like Randy Gregory. We're talking about you know. When we see him happy, it makes you happy. Like Aiden Diggs, I'm just so glad Hard Knocks introduced him to us and that, like, we've continued to see this with him. Like, we get to watch his dad break records and and history. And imagine how exciting that is for him to see his dad doing that. So, Aiden Diggs is my little national treasure for that. But what are your ladies? What are your two ladies' two moments? 
Well, I'm going to flip you and I'm going to go for Diggs. Ooh. I'm not going for Aiden. I'm going for Diggs. I'm going for the real one. <laughs> love that. That love dude. That. Papa Bear. His, <laughs> yes, Papa Bear. His picks and picking off these quarterbacks. This is the greatest story ever, though. He was a wide receiver. That's amazing. Going into that. Alabama. Yep. Yep. And Nick, Nick Saban, Saban said, is, you can't be a wide receiver, but he still plays like a wide receiver. It's amazing. Yes, he was like, I need a corner. And Nick Saban did the most amazing job with him in turning him from a receiver to a corner. So when yep. those routes are being ran, Diggs knows those routes. Yep. So he yep. he literally step by step is, oh, I know this. Oh, I know yes. this. And thank you, Nick Saban. I'm not even, okay, I'm not an Alabama fan, okay, but I'm a Nick Saban fan, and I will always be a Nick Saban fan. There you go. I love that. That is a beautiful, like, that right there alone is a true beautiful story to see someone go from one position and switch to a whole different position, even though it is almost like the same position. Yeah. Yep. Diggs yep. just knows the routes. And it's like you're putting up touchdowns it. just like everybody else. So you shouldn't yep. be feeling left out when it comes yeah, exactly. to just a total he beast. And, and amazing. What's your second and one? My second one, the one and only lion. Oh. Micah Parsons. Yes, yes, yes. I remember when we were sitting there because I was so upset that Sean Lee decided. He was going to retire. I understand because he was hurt on and off, but Sean Lee was my dude. That was my dude since day one watching him. I loved him, every bit of him. And he was never a quitter. I know he was hurt a lot, but he was never a quitter, and he uh, he was always there. And so when I saw that there was Micah Parsons on the board, I was like, oh, we going for it. There ain't no way no one is going to get him. Like, why wouldn't they get him? And everybody was like, oh, we need a cornerback. And I'm like – no, I was like, I'm sitting here like, no, no. I was like, I want to see what this what this kid has because what I've seen in his Penn State, I'm like, this is a little crazy. Yeah. Not to mention he's fast. And that's the beauty and, of him though, because you can line yes, him up with anybody. Yep. Exactly. And so with his story, I remember he was sitting there and how he was talking about how he was hoping to get called. He wanted to be a Dallas Cowboy, this and that during, you know during the whole situation he got that call yep. and boy his eyes lit up he was happy as all get out everyone his whole family friends jumping up and down and who knew that this guy would come out as a rookie in a depoy conversation mm -hmm. yep. Yep. well deserved absolutely well deserved. i really absolutely. hope he wins it you know what absolutely. he can he can win rookie and depoy can they, can they honor somebody with both? Yes, they have before. But okay. I don't Oof. know if they're going to try doing that this year because if you give Mike a rookie, then you're going to be looking at digs for Depoy. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. What about you, Miss Ruth? What are your two moments for the season? Uh, my two moments, uh, I would definitely go with week one, Thursday night football, being at the Raymond James Stadium, seeing Dak – come back on that field yep. for the first time after injury it, yep. it touched me and I was I was a little skeptical I was a little worried about how he was going to come out against such a strong uh Super Bowl winning defense but the way he held his own the way he held it down throwing for four what 406 yards 
four yes. touchdowns, just completely lighting it up all over the field. That would probably be like my favorite moment oh, of yeah. the whole season. And I, I will definitely have to go with Trevon Diggs. I mean, that man is absolutely amazing at what he does. And I would definitely say during that Patriots game, when he got that pick six and he turned that whole game around for us, I really think that uh, he is something special and uh, he's going to be my second favorite thing of the season. <laughs> oh, both great things. And, you know, touching base on that Dak moment. I, I think this probably sounds dramatic to anyone who's not a Cowboys fan, but I it's one of those moments you see him walk on the field. You remember where you are, what you were doing <laughs> in that moment, because it meant so much to us to, to finally see that after just all of everything that he went through after that injury. And so, yeah, that was, oh, I cried. I think uh, I was at the watch party at AT&T Stadium for the first game, and uh, mm -hmm. it was just the loudest applause over there and uh, people crying. And I was like, why am I crying? Oh, my goodness. Like, <laughs> it's one of those well, I mean, no tears in football. <laughs> I, there is no tears in football. But, I mean, when he got hurt, you saw I bawled. Like, my eyes, I mean, when I saw what I had happened, to turn my phone off. I well, I saw like, we were watch, watching the game, yeah. and no, I had to turn my it, phone off because my peoples would not stop calling me because like oh, yeah, everybody no. was checking on me. They're like, "Are you I okay?" Getting, I was and I'm like, "You're messages. making it worse." <laughs> and I yeah, and it like literally like my eyes like were I mean tears running down my eyes. I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Like I never would have thought, but it it happens, you know. It's, and it just it's, it's horrible. And then for him to walk on that field yep. game one I literally was like my heart was filled with yep. nothing but joy and happiness and melting to see him back on that field yeah, definitely yeah. and and Absolutely. so that leads us to our last segment ladies let's talk week 17 the Dallas Cowboys versus the Arizona Cardinals what are we thinking I want to hear some of your key matchups for the game score prediction who's gonna win anything really out there that you're you're wanting to see from this game or what you think we're going to see out of this game so Miss Ruth I'm gonna have you go first what are your thoughts on week 17. Some of my thoughts for, for week 17. Well, this is a game that I've really been uh, looking forward to because obviously coming after the bye, there wasn't a lot of heavy hitters uh, that I was really looking forward to seeing. But I really think this is going to be this is going to set the tone for how the playoffs are going to run for the Dallas Cowboys. So I would like to see them. I mean, I'm not expecting them to put up 56 points, but I want to see at least 30 points up on the board and I want them to be able to contain Kyler Murray in the pocket, which has obviously been his weakness throughout the season, is keeping him in the pocket. And I just want to see the defense excel. I think it's going to be uh, – I mean, it's it's an NFC hard hitter. And James Conner, the running back for Arizona, has been absolutely amazing. I think the Pittsburgh Steelers made a mistake letting him go, but he's been able to excel while he's in with Arizona. So I think it's going to be a hard matchup for our defensive line, but I, I'm hoping to see him get it done. So my score prediction for the game, is probably going to be 30 17 for our Dallas Cowboys. You making a high prediction there, girl. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let me see. I'm originally actually from Allen. I've actually watched Kyler Murray while he was in high school. Oh, I've wow. seen him in state. You know, at AT&T Stadium, he is undefeated. Mm -hmm. So my biggest thing is, is itty bitty Kyler and his little 
shit talking, saying that Cowboys was always ass, but everybody got receipts, pulled it out. You were in a Cowboys jersey at a Cowboys game when you were <laughs> younger. Okay. Shortest quarterback for sure. Thing is, is he's quick on his feet. Mm-hmm. Very yeah. fast. And they're going to go in a fast pace. They might go in with no huddle at all and they're going to go quick. And so our defense has to be quick. Mm-hmm. They are yep. quick, but our defense has to be quick on the ball, quick on Kyler, everything, because that little, that little shithead, no offense. I'm <laughs> sorry. Mighty Big mouse. Head, Mighty mouse. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, he, he's quick on his toes and he's, he's, he's quick about everything. So as long as our defense push a, puts a lot of pressure on him, there's no running. There's no getting away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. whatsoever and I say stay out of the zone man on man all game long step on their throats offense do what you got do your business get it done and my score prediction for this game I'm I'm, I'm gonna go for 24 14 Cowboys yeah I okay. really <laughs> think it's gonna be low scoring game I don't think it's gonna be I really do think it might be low mm-hmm. okay no, both great takes. Um, I, as uh, talking boys with the boys knows, I don't like giving score predictions because I just feel like I jinx them when I do that. But I will agree. I don't think it's going to be a high-scoring game. Um, but I also really, really hope that we continue to see the offense blossom once again, I guess, with the lack of a better way to say it. I really want to see an uphill from what we saw, um, you know, versus Washington. I want to see that continue. I want to see Zeke touching the ball more than four times. I want to continue seeing more of that play calling that we saw last week. I feel like Kellen Moore's play calling was A1, honestly. I think it it looked great last week. I want to continue seeing more of that. Taking Um, more risks. That's what I love to see. It wasn't so conservative. And so Mm -hmm. I I want to continue seeing that. Uh, Obviously, I want to see uh, Trayvon with pick (laughs) number 12. Uh, And and I want to continue building. I don't want this to be a game that they lose and we have to sit there for another week hearing, oh, the Cowboys aren't going to the playoffs to win and blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't want another week of that. I, I think they're playing for that number one seed in the NFC. They need to continue playing for that. And I really want to see them build upon what they did last week. Because, yes, it's the Washington football team. Yes, it's an easy team to beat. It should have been an easy win like it was. But that doesn't mean that they can't continue doing the things that they worked on and, you know, win against the Cardinals. Um, I, I really think they have this game if they do exactly what they did last week and come together and, and you know, the offense does all that as well. But I'm excited. Either way, I think the Cowboys are going to come out with a big old W and we get another week of a victory Monday to follow. And so speaking of following ladies we loved having you on here uh and how can we keep in touch with you all and what are those twitter handles thank you so much for having me on i appreciate you guys uh taking the time to reach out and making this possible i always have a good time talking dallas cowboys if you guys want to follow me on twitter i'll give you a follow back it's at root the truth with three h's at the end i'm working with a new company called nspn it's the next gen sports we're doing a lot of podcasts doing live uh, watch parties all that plus articles and youtube channel things as well so make sure to give them a follow at nspn underscore sports And I also started my own network with one of my really close friends who also loves football just as much as I do. 
So make sure to follow us at beauty underscore cleats and uh, follow us with the beauty and the cleats network. That is awesome, Ruth. I got to make sure I got to follow you. Yes, um, we do a lot of funny like videos as well, like talking mm -hmm. sports, but having fun. So give us a follow on Instagram as well, because we like to go live. Love that. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I, I really appreciate you guys having me on here. Um, this was actually fun. This was something I was looking forward to all day today and I waited and I know Ruth, you got a new mic. It's okay. We're all good. Um, <laughs> Sounds great. But this, <laughs> this is Ace in the house. Um, if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's at Ace underscore Crosetti, C-R-O-S-E-T-T-I. Yes, I'm Italian. So if you want to follow me, um, be aware. I don't play games. I am a bodyguard and I say what I say and I mean what I say. Love that girl. Love that. And we loved having both of you on here again. My name is Jess. You can find me on Twitter. That's at J E S S N E V A R E Z underscore. Can't forget the underscore. It's important. Uh, I am doing all sorts of things, but I am always available on Twitter to argue with any DAC haters. <laughs> uh, I'm always at your disposal if you have that. And, you know, we just, I love tweeting about the Cowboys. I love doing this. And so thank you to our boys and Adam Y for having us on for talking boys with the girls. We'll see you next time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, everybody out there, thank you for rocking with talking boys with the girls. Uh -huh.